Good meeting, everyone. So I'll just put the finishing touches on sketches five, six, and eight, by which I mean I'll be removing all these suggestions you made. Do you mean you're going to be removing all of the suggestions we made? And that's that problem solved. Hey, uh, Al. Ah! Duncan, what are you doing outside the writer's room? You, you have some kind of voice acting coming up, don't you? Shouldn't you be... I don't know, doing weird gargles or like those so-called vocal exercises that are really just the secret language of theater folk expressing their intention to mutiny? No, I already did that. I I wanted to talk to you about maybe doing some writing for the show. Gee, I don't know. I already pretend to listen to a whole lot of people. On the other hand, Jason really has that whole seething hatred of you for some reason. He says I know what I did, but I don't know what I did. And it would be hilarious to watch him have to read something that you wrote. All right, hit me. What do you got? What? Really? I didn't think you'd actually... Well, you must have ideas. Look at all these pages. Just read one. Actually, these are a series of alternate plans for when you inevitably said no. This one just says, oh, come on, over and over again. And this one says, hypno-ray? I just... I wasn't prepared for you to say yes so quickly. Well, if there's two things I'm known for, it's my wildly irrational generosity You're not going to say that thing about the old truck again, are you? Because I don't know what that's from. I do like to fix it up. So you really have nothing, huh? All my notes are actually back on Earth. I, I I know I was working on one thing about deciduous ferns, but that's all I can remember. I know there was something there, and it was hilarious. I tell you what. You go set up in the writing dungeon. Is that where you and Matt record all those scenes for Radio Adventures? Oh, no, that's the recording dungeon. You can tell because that skeleton is hanging in there. So after sketch five, okay, after I fix sketch five and then we record it, you go on down to that writing space. In the meantime, I'll have some deciduous ferns delivered. Maybe they can help you get a fern grip on what you're trying to say. Am I even sure I want to write for this show? This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Hi, hello, yes. Welcome to the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Winner of this year's... Matt? Ah. Uh, you didn't write anything for your bit, did you? No. And now I think I'm gonna... Don't you dare fear vomit. I need you to go to the blackboard and solve for X. Everyone's waiting. Oh, God. This is just like that nightmare. We did choose to ignore the fact that you came to the show naked today. Oh. Well, that actually makes me feel more comfortable. Behold my glory! Oh, God! Behold it! This is just like my nightmare! Oh, no, it's not. Not yet, anyway. Come on out, boys! Boys? What's pl- What- What is- What the- Ladies and gentlemen, the Velvet Tar Armis! What is happening? Oh, what- Oh! And I brought some of my friends! I've got you under my skin. Oh God, who thought this was- Your subconscious did, Al. All right, son, enough fucking around. Hand me that six eight three quarters. I don't know what that is. We'll be right back. Be okay, man. I'll be over soon. Here, hold this. Well, okay, I- Ah, why are you not circumcised? Serial presents The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Sabrina Snyder as Dottie. Our story so far 
The evil Archduke Pachinko is advancing on Earth for his final assault. We join our heroes as they race just ahead of the Archduke's armada in hopes of putting an end to his fiendish invasion plot. And now today's episode, Pachinko's Revenge. Approaching Earth. Dottie, what in the world are we carrying in the cargo hold? Oh, that? That's my secret weapon for stopping the giant mutant flies that are attacking Earth. Well, I am, as ever, a pacifist. Really? Golly, Mr. Al, I don't think that's ever come up. So I don't know from weapons, but whatever's back there looks organic to me. Kind of gross. You sound just like... Dottie, from everything you've told us, there's nothing you could have done for Cadet Gary. Honestly, I'm amazed he managed to survive the rigors of space travel for this long. Being your friend probably doubled his life expectancy as it is. Ow. Thought officers were supposed to be sensitive to the plight of people under their command. And I'm certain enlisted guys aren't supposed to kick officers. It's okay, Mr. Map. I know Mr. Al didn't mean any disrespect. And he's right. Gary was a really sweet person and a good friend, but he was a horrible cadet. What are we- We've reached the first drop point. Brace yourselves. Daddy, is that a, uh... Are those things in the cargo hold eggs from some kind of- Giant spider? They sure are. I made friends with one not too long ago. I knew her babies were about to hatch, and I told her that I could bring them to where they'd have more food than they'd ever be able to eat. That's some good, if not disgusting, thinking, Dottie. But isn't Earth just going to be overrun by giant spiders now? For which we'll then have to get a procession of bigger and bigger giant animals until we reach the top of the food chain? Which, it occurs to me, would just be a giant human, right? Yes, okay, I realize how ridiculous that sounds now that I've said it out loud. I'm just glad that you said it and not me. They're not staying. This is just a little vacation for them. I promised their mother that I'd round them all up and take them back to her when they took care of all the flies. All the flies? How many more of these things do we have to drop off? 26 total, including this one. So we're gonna have to watch this happen, ugh, 25 more times. That's right. Horses. Horses. Well, this should be the location of Dr. Malengo's lab, but there's nothing here. It's like the entire building just took off into space. This is Commander Slap Strongarm of the Orbit Cops. Badge number 61382. Does anybody read me? Over. This here's Deputy Vance Valiant. Badge number... Uh, hang on a minute here. I think it's under my lunch here. Oh, dang it. I was going to drink that. Uh, sorry, Commander, I, I can't presently seem to locate my badge at this, uh, at this present moment in time. A good orbit cop would never let his credentials out of his sight, not to mention committing such basic information to memory. You're not even following the most basic space protocol of saying over at the end of each transmission. I'd ask for your badge number, son, but- I now hold on, I gotta correct you there, Commander. I, I know who you are, sir, and if anything, I should be calling you son. Over? I don't follow. Over. I'm easily old enough to be your father, sir. I've, I've been serving in the orbit cops for longer than you've been alive. Over. And you're only a deputy? Over. In my experience, Commander, promotions go to the guy who's in the right place at the right time. The guy 
with the right haircut. The guy who manages to maintain the same fixed address for more than six months. Over. Is there someone else there I can talk to? Over. There sure isn't. Everyone else is helping fight off the invasion on Earth. They left me back here to man the phones. Over. Listen to me, deputy. My current mission is of utmost importance to the anti-invasion effort. I must locate the scientist, Dr. Malengo, at once. Over. Uh, did you say Malengo? Over? Yes. Oh, Well, ain't that just a co-winking dick? There's, there's a gentleman here at headquarters answering to that very name. Hello. Oh, uh, over. Great planets. According to my readings, you're at the Orbit Cops facility on Phobos. Is that correct? Over. Phobos? I, I thought we was on Demos. Hang tight. I'll be there as quickly as I can. Strong arm out. Deputy? Deputy Valence. Oh, he stepped out for a meal. Ah, Dr. Malengo. I didn't see you there. Wait, did you say stepped out for a meal? That's right. He went through this whole elaborate word association process after he stopped talking to you. Slap led him to flap, which led him to flapjacks, which apparently made him irresistibly hungry for pancakes. So he just took off? Leaving this official facility unmanned? No, oh, no. He asked me to watch the place. But I... He... You... Uh, all right. Priorities. I was looking for you, Doctor. How fortuitous, then, that you found me. Yes, but why are you here? It's my wife. You mean that woman who was wearing you down to a tiny nub of a man the last time we met with her relentless, seemingly unceasing shrieking? No offense. Oh, none taken. And yes, she can be a bit... boisterous at times, but I do love her so, and she's missing. You see. So you're reporting that to the Orbit Cops? You, an active participant in the invasion of Earth? I don't know if I'd say I'm an active participant. It's your technology that's raining terror upon the citizens of Earth even as we speak. You sold your own people out, Doctor. What? No, really? Do you think I did that? Yes, I do. Because you did. Wow. I never thought about it that way. Okay, that's the last of them. Now to circle back to the rendezvous and... What is that? It looks like the Archduke's Armada is here. Our tiny rocket is no match for that flagship. I'm gonna set down someplace safe. Descending right toward our ship. Run! Jeepers, I'm glad I got all the baby spiders out of there in time. Yeah, good thing. Uh, here comes this guy again. So, Matt and A. Aylgar? 
I might have known. Might have known what? That we'd come back to our own home planet? Silence! It's so weird when I do that and I'm not within punching distance of someone. And... Little girl. You too are also my sworn enemy. I have a name, you know. Ah, uh, 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 the three of you may have disabled my teleporters. Good job, Matt. And you may have stopped my giant mutant flies. Excellent work, Dottie. I was kind of hoping you'd get to my thing next, but I didn't really do much on this one. But my robotic fleet resisted your efforts to disable it. To me, my mighty robots. <laughs> Impotence is this? <laughs> it looks like one of those mangled sentences of his finally ended up being right. Dottie! Dottie. Sorry. Oh, look, it slapped the strong arm of the orbit cops. We're safe. Is that Dr. Malengo? Yes. It is I. It is me. I am Dr. Malengo. And I shut down the Archduke's robot invasion fleet. I thought Commander Strongarm was supposed to... Silence! So, Malengo, your betrayal has been revealed. I can think of so many better ways to say that. Well, I wouldn't so much say I betrayed you as I would say that I've been rethinking my earlier leanings toward betrayal of my own planet thanks to the convincing rhetoric of this fine young man here. There a young man standing behind Slap? I think he means Slap. Silence! That's right, Archduke Pachinko. Not only has Dr. Malingo returned to the side of good and virtuous- You know, Captain, every year of my life, I grow more and more convinced that the wisest and the best is to fix our attention on the good and the beautiful. Not only has he assisted us in disabling your robot fleet- They're all just sort of marching off aimlessly. Not- Aimlessly, I reverted them all to their original programs. Earth is about to have the cleanest gutters in the entire solar system. But he also used his genius invention, the Psycho Eradicator, to restore Director Carla to her old self. That's right. Wait, what do you mean, her old self? What did you do to her, strong arm? It's a long story. I'll tell you later. And so, Archduke, I think that about wraps everything up. We've defeated your invasion. Now, in the name of the Orbit Cops, I'm placing you under arrest. <laughs> you fool. You're all a bunch of foolish, foolish fools. Do you not realize that you have accomplished nothing? I have you exactly why I want you. None of you, not even you, Dr. Malingo, could comprehend the true scope of my Mr. Plan. Well, that's certainly true. You know, on Neptune, we have a saying. Don't show them your ultimate weapon until you land on their planet. That lacks a certain elegance. And so, with a Florence of my cape, I present this. <gasps> what, should we be gasping too? Uh, gasp. I suspect that if the inventor of the Psycho Eradicator gasps, it's probably bad news. Ah, uh, so this probably isn't a bluff, then. It most certainly is not. In his hands is an ancient alien weapon of unspeakable power. That's right! 
Archaeonomists believe this device was built by the handsome and brilliant Archduke of an alien race that prefabs ours by millenniums. Well, I don't even know where to begin with the inaccuracies in that statement. Silence! Observe. My ship! He destroyed my ship with the press of a button! And that's on the lowest setting. Two clicks of this dial, and I can decimate an entire city. Two more clicks, and I can waylace to this entire planet. And so on, in that fashion. I don't suppose you have any way of disarming that, do you, Doctor? It's not one of mine. It's alien. Weren't you listening? In fairness, I have been listening, and it's still a bit difficult to get a read on what this guy is talking about. <coughs> Life... It hasn't been easy for me. I've been plotting my revenge against the puny inhabitants of this worthless planet for almost thirty years now. Ever since that fateful day in elementary school, when I was wrongfully accused of- <laughs> What in the moons of Venus? Venus doesn't have any moons, you idiot. Over there! Rising out of that chasm, it's some kind of monster. It must be a hundred meters high. What's that in American? I don't know. Twelve fathoms and a league? <laughs> Stay back, beast, or I'll rip- Oh. Ew. Sorry about that, everyone. Down, girl. <laughs> Gary! Hi, Dottie. Oh, I'm here for you, too. I thought you were... I mean, it seemed like you were. What? Oh no, I met a friend. What an extraordinary creature. Everyone, meet Goliza. Cadet, is this creature under your control? Under my control? No, sir, she's my friend. Now, Gary, I'm not sure it's appropriate for you to be befriending... Oh, cram it! With a single footstep, that giant lizard has saved this entire planet from certain doom. She's a good girl. Do I smell... cake? Uh-oh. Give back, everyone! What? Why? Trust me! Everybody run that way on a double! Were we just given orders by a cadet? The thing that astonishes me is that we're all following those orders. There. I think that should be... <laughs> Sorry, everyone. She found an abandoned bakery on the way over here. I told her the butter frosting had probably spoiled, but she wouldn't listen. I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Ha! Thank you, my fellow Americans. And only my fellow Americans. It is with great pride that I award this nation's highest honor to the only two people involved in the defeat of Archduke Pachinko's plot to overthrow the Earth. Commander Slap Strongarm of the Orbit Gaps and Agent Algar of Bottom. Thank you, sir. It is indeed a great honor. Yeah, thanks. But we were definitely not the only two people involved. If anything, we were the least involved. Right. That's all for me. Enjoy the rest of whatever the heck it is that's going on here. Well... Thank you, Mr. President, for those words. Those warm, inclusive words. <laughs> On behalf of Canada, 
and indeed the rest of the solar system, I would like to bestow this honor, and that's honor with a U, by the way, to Carlo, the bureau chief of B-O-T-T. Boy, you fellas really need a better acronym. To you, Carla, and also to Agent Matt Robotham of the B of your organization, and to Cadet Gary of the Orbit Cops, to whom we all owe an enormous debt of gratitude. Aw, oh, gee whiz. better than ours. I think I'm going to defect to Canada. I have been suggesting that to you for literally centuries now. Wait, where's Dottie? And now, Bureau Chief, I understand you have one final item before we bring the ceremony to a close. That's right. Thank you, Madam Prime Minister. On behalf of the Bureau of Technical and Tactical Outer Space Management... That really is a terrible name. I'm truly proud. Honored, even. And remember, folks, that's honored with you to present our most recent graduate of the cadet program. Ladies, gentlemen, please show your appreciation for Agent Dottie. Oh, wow. Did you know they were gonna... Hey, are you crying? No. Shut up, maybe. I might be. It's possible. Yes, I am definitely crying. Citizens of the solar system, Bureau Chief Carla, esteemed colleagues, thank you. I hope I can continue the tradition of excellence set by my mentors, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Uh, hey, Matt? You're crying, too. Well, that doesn't sound like me at all! Dottie! Dottie! Hey, wait up! Oh, well, hi, Matt. Hi, Al. Where are you off to now? After I drop all the baby spiders off with their mother, Dr. Malango and I are off to Io to help with the electron storms they've been having there. That's one of Jupiter's moons. Oh, of course, Io. Right, we know where Io is. Well, Dottie, good luck out there. We're proud of you. We really are. And if you ever need anything... Oh, here comes Strongarm. Hooray! Agents? Uh, girl agents? Just agent will do fine, Commander. Yes, well, I was hoping to speak with Dr. Malengo before the two of you take off. Certainly, Commander. What can I do for you? I was hoping you might explain something to me, sir. I had to stop standing in attention, because I can probably help with that if you ask nicely. Just before I tracked you down the other day, Doctor, a man showed up on my ship. An uh, Eastern fellow. Oh, no. With a time machine. He talked to me about my destiny. Wait, really? I saw that guy too, just before I left Earth. Tall guy, beard, time machine. That's him. Yeah, we saw him too. In fact, he told us that... Well, what he told us was kind of ridiculous. Ugh, yes, I know who you mean. Did he say his name was Der de Hust Latif? Yes! Oh, hi everyone. Are we talking about that funny time traveler guy? Because I met him too, and Galiza and I were on our way here. I was afraid of that. All right, well, long story short, don't believe a word that man said to you. That goes for all of you, not about your destiny or anything else. But... He said he was an adventurer like us. Oh, heavens no. My word no, absolutely not. He represents himself. He's nothing more than a charlatan, a jerk with a time machine who's only trying to steal... Oh, hello again. Latif. The same. And I brought a guest. May I present the future Mrs. Latif? Hello, Timothy. Oh, I get it. Future. Ah, uh, because he's a time traveler, right. A jerk with a time machine who's trying to steal my wife. And appears to have done so. Yes, well, uh, bad luck for you, my friend. I'm not your friend. Well, I guess we better get out of here, folks. Oh, no. Why's that? 
because this situation looks like a real... Don't say it. Don't say what? Ticking time bomb. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Time Video is proud to present All Animals Are Comrades from beloved children's author George Orwell Four legs good, two legs bad The timeless classic Animal Farm All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others Yay! They're persistent Man is the only creature that consumes without producing They're productive Let's face it, our lives are miserable, laborious, and short and they're doggone adorable. Remove man from the scene and the root cause of hunger and overwork is abolished forever. George Orwell's Animal Farm. Well, anything that goes on two legs is an enemy. The only good human being is a dead one. Yeah! yeah! Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. In pre-World War I England, a movement to win the right to vote for English women began in earnest. Political activist Emmeline Pankhurst, thought by many to be a radical, founded the Women's Social and Political Union. The WSPU saw its share of strife and controversy, but it would encounter its greatest challenge yet in 1913. All right, Mum, let's just take it easy. We're nearly there. Thank you, Christabel. I do appreciate you fetching me from prison. You're such a good girl. They did seem rather quick to dismiss you this time. I take it your hunger strike got through to them then? It's this bloody law they passed. Dreadful thing. They call it the Cat and Mouse Act. Essentially, it means they can let us go when we try starving ourselves to death. Thank heaven for small mercies, eh? Well, no. Then they can come back and re-arrest us when we've gone home and had a few meals. Kind of like German cuisine. Who's meant to be the cat and who the mouse in that scenario? Hell if I know. I could murder some cheese right now, though I could tell you that. We've a bit of business to tend to first, I'm afraid. Mind the step. Well, it's refreshing to see the organisation has continued forward in my absence. Quite. The ladies are preparing their bricks for our next demonstration. Let's not forget, ladies, half a brick breaks a window just as easily as a whole one. That's twice the damage for the same cost. It's not like we're made of... bricks. Well put, my dear. Very sensible. We may be rowdy troublemakers, but we are still English. May I ask how we've been funding this rather ample supply of bricks? Well, one of the ladies hit upon the brilliant idea of selling pictures of you, actually, Mama. Of me? I'm not sure I know what to say. They're not, you know, sinking the Titanic, are they? Sorry? Wanking to them! You heard me. To be quite frank, Mama, we thought it best not to ask. Very sensible. That's my girl. Ah, here we are. Your sisters are in here, then? Well, Sylvia is. 
I couldn't be asked to invite Adela. Pity. I couldn't be asked to give birth to her. Right. <sighs> oh no, please don't get up. Wasn't going to. Sylvia, show some respect. Mum's just back from prison. What, again? Alright, what was it this time? Did you pat a policeman on the head? Did you maybe walk on some grass where a nearby sign clearly stated that this was frowned upon? Ow! That's more like it. What is wrong with you? Well, for starters, I don't have the right to vote. Only I'm actually out there doing something about it. You little... What? What, Christabel? What are you going to call me? I'm a what? Teapot? Oh, do shut up, Sylvia. I've had enough of your bloody disrespect for me, for this family, and for our organization. I know you think you're helping the cause, but arson? Honestly. There's no problem what can't be solved with fire. And what's wrong with smashing in a window or two like a civilized person? You've tried that. Don't you understand this is about ethics and activism? Well, that's obviously not true. You've broken thousands of windows, and women are no closer to getting the vote than when you started. It's quite obvious to me, and to the others, that new ideas are needed. New ideas? The last thing our bid for independence needs is new ideas. You, and the others, need to step in line, like an army. Do you hear yourself? You sound ridiculous. This is you. Quiet! You could stand to be a little more like your sister. What, Adela? No, not Adela. She's rubbish. I was gonna say. This sister here, Christabel. Thanks, Mum. This is absurd. I don't care what either of you say. Lighting fires is the best way forward. Well, I'll show you both. I'll start my own group. Then you'll see. You'll all see. Well, clearly something must be done about this. I agree. I'm going to have your sister Adela sent away to Australia. Mum, that was Sylvia we just had that grey row with. Oh, yes, I know. I just never liked Adela. She was kind of... awful, you know? Ah! Get back! Get back! That's... not going to I thought that went pretty well. I can't believe they actually wrote a history sketch with more than one woman in it. And I can't believe that woman actually sent her daughter to Australia in real life. Oh, thank goodness. Amanda, Danielle, Sabrina, I need some help. What's going on in there? It's... it's a long story. Oh. Well, I hate long stories. Bye. It's not actually that long. Already gone! Whatever's in there, it sounds like it wants out really bad. Yeah, so... Here's the thing, Al got me some deciduous ferns because he thought they would help me write, but it turns out he doesn't know what deciduous means, and instead he got carnivorous ferns, and I managed to lock them in there, but I don't think that door is going to hold them for long. What? Really? Don't go in there. Aw, they're so cute. You didn't tell us they could walk up, right? Look at their little legs! That is seriously the most adorable thing I've ever seen, and I'm going to have to put this on a t-shirt right now. But... You know, Canada's like 80% deciduous plants, and we do okay up there. You'll be fine. But they're not actually deciduous. You're leaving, aren't you? You're gone. Jason, listen. I know we've had our differences in the past, and I'm really sorry about whatever it is that I did. But I could really... Use some help right now. I'm sorry, do you 
Is someone hearing some literal talking garbage right now? Because I feel like I'm, I'm getting some kind of like talking garbage vibe, but I don't see any actual talking garbage. no water for sunshine how can that even work photosynthesis did that actually end up being the answer to something for once duncan what did you ask him it was about these monster plants that are threatening to overtake the that doesn't sound like writing now you get back in there while we do this cow sketch matt you got your character's voice ready what am i saying of course you do good luck duncan well i guess as long as they stay behind that door everything will <laughs> That's it! I've had it! This has gone far enough! What's that you're doing there? I am drawing a line in the sand, here and no further! But we're in a pasture of grass, and a hoof doesn't really draw with any precision. Also, you nearly fell over. Did you mean to nearly fall over? Is that part of drawing a line in the sand? It's because I've been pumped full of antibiotics. They're spoiling my natural bovine grace. Remember when they branded us? I understand why they do that. It's our duty as cows to accept the branding. I stood by with quiet dignity. You don't stand by quietly about anything. And then, when they were chiseling mud out of our hooves, did I kick anyone in the face? I did not. You tried. You missed and fell over on your side. They had to get a forklift to stand you up. And then that one time when the farmer's daughter mistook me for a female cow and tried to milk me? Ha! I laughed it off. No, you didn't. You spent the next 16 days trying to reassert your masculinity. You did an Expendables marathon. You test drove that Maserati. And then there was your... Parkour. They had to bring the forklift back. I'm tired of standing around and complaining. Which you just said you don't do. I'm going to do something about it. Please don't try to kick the farmer. That always ends badly, and I think the forklift rental place closed down. I've been going at this from micro level, trying to change things one farm at a time. You mean... What happens to you, directly, on this farm? It's time to go macro. What does that even mean? It means, Angus, that I am running for office. Gee, I wonder what party you're going to register with. Can you even run for office? I don't see why not. I'm over 35 and a natural-born citizen. You're not 35. In cow years, I am. So what do you stand for? I stand for traditional masculine values. Firearms for personal protection. An extremely hawkish foreign policy and the wanton consumption of red meat. You might want to rethink that last one. I am so tired of having my rights stampeded over by farmers and their confused daughters. The average working cow should not be subjected to these unprovoked violations. Are we still talking about the needle thing? Because I think those keep us from, you know, dying. I should decide what goes into my body. You don't think we should receive injections of any kind? No, I do not. So no antibiotics, no hormones. How do you feel about pasteurization? No! Big Farm needs to keep its syringes to itself. You think that our meat and milk should be totally natural and free from any chemical agents? Yes! Welcome to the Green Party! Shut, shut up! Should we replace all the grass in this field with nature's most versatile miracle crop, hemp? Shut up, shut up! Do you have to leave the drum circle to burn your bra, or do you do that right in the middle in front of us? Welcome back, Master Bruce. No time to talk now, Alfred. Have you heard from Dick or Tim? The Riddler's on the loose, and I need all the help I can get. 
I notice I'm not among the people you're seeking for help. Clearly, you've determined that my current duties, polishing this 40-foot novelty 1946 penny, supersede any crime-fighting assistance I might offer. He left me these clues. A manila envelope containing a deflated Lordy Lordy Somebody's 40 birthday balloon, a file folder with six dead bees, and a promotional fanny pack for the movie Cool Runnings, with a picture of the mayor during Cinco de Mayo. What's the connection? What could it all mean? This penny weighs 216 pounds. It's not like I can just send it up a dumb waiter with a bottle of Windex, but I can give it a good scrub whilst I watch as the world turns. I need to feed these into the bad computer quickly and get back out there. According to this map he sent me, I still need to find 16 glowing green bowling trophies, or I'll kill the crossword editor of the Gotham Gazette. It's just... Some men want to watch as the world turns. Clark's actually in town. But I can't ask him for help because he's jumpy around glowing green stuff. <laughs> I wonder who put that idea in his head. Oh dear, it looks like President Lincoln's got something tarnishing in his eye. Is it... Could it be, uh, yes, a little bat's done a poo. What are the odds? Of course, can't actually ask him for help. I'd look like a puss. Terribly sorry, uh, I can't hear you on the sound of this. The most important thing I should be doing in my time right now. Who else could I ask? Green Arrow? What's he gonna do to the Riddler? Take his shirt off at him? <laughs> ah, there. Should keep it clean for at least. Ah, three seconds. Takes more than glistening, perfect uh, rock hard abs to, to fight crime. It's not a job, it's a calling. Like, take me for instance. One night I was sitting in my study and what should come crashing through the window as I was pondering my fate. I'm going to go out on a limb here, sir, and say uh, that it was a bat. That's right, Alfred, a bat. And I knew at that moment that criminals are a superstitious, cowardly a lot. Superstitious, cowardly lot. And, you know, sir, a thought occurs. Just because you've adopted the admittedly effective and fearsome form of a bat as your personal symbol, it's not entirely necessary to keep a giant room filled with the buggers flying around under your house. Between my MI5 training and my graduate studies at King's College London, I feel as though I could be a more useful asset to you not scrubbing that shit from every giant novelty prop you felt it necessary to drag back home after some psychopath terrorized someone else with it. Maybe I should take the jet when I go back out. And come to that, how did you get this penny in here anyway? Not to mention the dinosaur. Couldn't have just strapped it to the roof of the Batmobile. It's not like you could disassemble it like bloody Ikea futon. Guano. Mm, pardon, sir? Bats leave guano, not shit. I'm off again, Alfred. Don't wait up. It's gonna be a long night. For that roast I spent all day on, I'll just put that in the fridge, shall I? Thank you, that's our show for this time. Didn't you say we have some new something that goes here? Oh, right. 
This is the part of the show where we're presented with a sketch challenge. Oh god, not that terrible wheel of mashups again. No, not this time. This one's more musical in nature. Well, you are incredibly well known for your love of musicals. Shh. Oh, officer. Thank heavens. It's my friend here. He's been attacked. It's all right, Jim. The police are here. Uh, can you describe the assailant, sir? Ians. Harry Ains. Mm, mm-hmm. Immaculate hair. Just just perfectly quaffed. I see. And, and where was this exactly? Just here. Outside this Chinese restaurant. Uh, Lee Ho Fuchs. Well, let me explain this discarded dish of beef chow mein here. Hello, subjects. I'd like you to meet my two delightful friends, Mr. Lon Chaney and his son, Mr. Lon Chaney Jr. Right, news is then. Oh, I recognize the chap that attacked this bloke. I'm his tailor, you see. What a pleasure to meet you. Well, that was stupid. I mean, not Sheriff Goose stupid, but getting there. And now it's Q&A time, so uh, give us your cues, UAs. I never tire of your irrational hatred for the audience. They're just... Garbage people. I know, honey, I know. Uh, yes, you there, ma'am. Uh, hi. I was wondering. This is for both of you. What's your favorite part of the human body? I'll take my answer off the air. You do realize this isn't sports talk radio, don't you? Sure don't. Well, if there's one thing I hate more than the audience, it's the human body. Really? Because you're still naked. I'm not naked, I'm presenting. My favorite part of the human body- I wasn't finished yet. Human body is repulsive and you should all be ashamed. A greasy, sweaty sack of dripping, rotted fluids constantly expelling gases, saliva, and feces, spelt with an A. Why an A? Because it's more disgusting that way. Like Fiotis. Ew. Exactly. But I suppose my least unfavorite part of the disgusting putrid human body is the back of the throat. Because that's something I almost never have to look at. Really? You don't go in for uvula gazing? Because philosophically speaking, the uvula is the new navel. Ugh, you're gonna make me vomit twice in one show. Twice so far. As for me, my favorite part of the human body is where the th connects to the back of the th joins up with the th but only if you have a full tuft of th on your th or it's inflamed to the size of a th thorax. <laughs> you filthy bastard! Any more questions? Hi, Gorb Flavin here. Can you recall in great and specific detail the most tragic moment of your life? I'll take my answer outside the airlock. Safe journeys, Gorb! Safe journeys, everyone! Remember, our website is sarcasticvoyage.com and our email address is sarcasticvoyage at gmail. In three weeks, we'll be posting our annual Best Of compilation, and then, three weeks after that, we'll be coming to you live from the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Until then, we wish you, well, we said already. Good night! This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Vishal Baradwaj, Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Nathan Lajeunesse, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Gav Brown, Matt Robotham, and Amanda Smith. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2015.
Get away from her, you bitch! I think that's all of them. Let me just check out the window. Yeah, that's all of them, man. A listener? For some reason? What are they doing in the last host segment? Duncan! What are you doing in the loading dock? You know, one of the easiest traps for a young writer to fall into is to just let the slightest distraction take you away from your work. All you need is an empty room and either a computer or a pad of paper. If you go with paper, you have to decide if you want college rule or... Ugh, wide rule. And if you're using a computer, you need to pick a font and what blog theme you want to use. Then you need software that blocks out all the other software and... What the hell happened down here? Well, the plants got on to level two and dissolved the staircase some kind of acid, so I had to make a grappling hook out of a coat hanger and some dental floss. And then it looked like they were going to get into the ducts, so I needed to find the pass key to access the ventilation system. That ended up being behind the waterfall, and I gotta say, I'm not sure why we have a waterfall on the space station. Anyway, I met this guy there, and after I asked him about Loom, Sam on all these terrible errands. What are you even talking about? Let's just say, all those hours spent playing Avenger games were well spent. The threat is gone now. The station is safe. Safe from what? The threat of you writing a script? Because it doesn't seem like there was ever much danger of that. I... And just to be clear, you didn't actually write anything, did you? Well, no. I didn't think so. I'm so disappointed in you. Dad jokes were bad enough that the dad killed. Man.